Welcome to the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. Weekly, we will be interviewing amazing chiropractors from around the world, finding out how they made their vitality shift. If you're a chiropractor that either wants to just move your practice away from treating pain and conditions, or if you just want to stay inspired, this podcast is for you. For more information on past shows, please visit www.drdonmcdonald.com, and I hope you enjoy the show. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Vitality Shift for Chiropractors. This is Dr. Don McDonald, your host, and today I get to go a little bit, a little bit east, halfway across Canada, and I get to stop in, make a stop in Winnipeg. Uh, the podcast has never made a stop in Winnipeg before, but I'm kind of returning, returning the interview. Uh, for this young whippersnapper, um, I really wanted to get him on the podcast just to show what's possible when you're just a new young grad. Uh, this guest, he uh, graduated from Northwestern in 2015, um, and uh, he's been uh, you know just getting going in practice. But he also started a podcast called the Cairo Inspired Podcast, and so he's a little whippersnapper. And so anytime we find the young guys that are in our model that are helping to spread our message, I want to uh, kind of get them on here and feature feature them. And thank them and hear their story because we want more people to do that in our brand. So I want to uh, introduce everybody to Dr. Richard Letta. Welcome to the podcast. Dr. Don, thank you so much. I appreciate the kind words. I appreciate the wonderful description. You probably would have done a better job than I could ever have um, <laughs> so far in my career. So I thank you for having me. Uh, but also thank you for what you're doing because uh, you are part of the inspiration of why I actually started uh, the Chiron Spark podcast. So thank you. That's cool. And it's always nice to like, you throw the message out to the world. You'll probably notice this too. Cause, uh, and you, sometimes you don't know, uh, who's listening and then down the road, like, so it'll be cool. We're in, in a certain place and someone will come and say, Hey, I really got a lot out of your podcast. And, and so you'll, you'll hear some people reach out about your podcast. Um, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of people that we call them the silent creepers that just listen to it, but they don't say anything. And then, you know, it'll be a year or two down the road and then someone will reach out. So it's, it's kind of a, <laughs> I say it's kind of like little seeds. You throw it in the universe. And the cool thing about podcasts is they stay out there forever, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, someone down the road might be listening to this podcast and like we're in 2019. It might be 2023 or something like that. And <laughs> so that's, that's the really cool thing about this. So, so let, why don't you tell uh, our listeners a little bit about how you um, found out about chiropractic in the first place? Yeah, well, uh, again, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, my story began, uh, I actually want to take you guys back to uh, my childhood because, you know, growing up, I was not a very, very, I wasn't a healthy kid at all. Um, growing up, I was you know, super overweight. Um, even before that, like my mom uh, would tell me that I was actually a bulimic kid where I would throw up after eating uh, and not purposefully, but just out of habit or uh, whatever it was, there was something going on. Um, and then in that response, she did the wonderful thing of feeding me, force feeding me as much as she could, um, especially, you know, the Filipino diet where it's like heavy in white rice and all this uh, bad oil and really processed kind of cooked food. Uh, so it wasn't very healthy, but, you know, it was out of, all out of love. Yeah. Um, so growing, you know, into my childhood years, adolescent years, I was very overweight. Uh, suffered from chronic asthma. Uh, I was actually, I self-diagnosed myself after learning in a chiro school that I, was, I had metabolic syndrome, where I had like this darkening around the eyes and the elbows and the neck. 
Um, again, I honestly, I was not healthy. I was, I was so overweight. My heaviest was 265 pounds by the time I wow. was 15. Yep. Holy. Um, and then I had a traumatic event in my life. And when I was 15, um, I lost, or just around there, I lost my dad to a massive heart attack. Mm. Uh, so that was a wake-up a wake up call for me uh, to do something because I would actually see my dad all the time. You know, he would do his little burst workouts in, in, the, um, in the basement. Uh, it was, he was super simple. He just tried to run around the, like the pool, ta- <laughs> the pool table, do push-ups. Um, I saw his, his diet transition from being uh, a lot of rice and uh, kind of the stews that Filipinos prepare, but more so into like greens and fish and uh, just trying to keep it really clean. And so I, I observed that, but in my stubborn adolescent years, I was still eating a lot of the processed food, the hot dogs. Uh, the Smokies, the cereal, and it just got worse and worse and worse. And then, you know, when he was, when I was 15, I lost him. Um, that was a wake up call for me to be like, you know what, I, I would never want someone to feel what I'm feeling today uh, when I lost my dad. So if I could do whatever it took to first not end up where he did, uh, and second, show people how to avoid this type of pain that I'm feeling emotionally, I would do that. Um, so that led me to working out at, uh, my high school around my track, you know, two miles every single day. I had to work my way up. Of course, mm-hmm. um, my diet was particularly chicken, celery, carrots, broccoli, um, kind of like a bodybuilding diet without yeah. the carbohydrates. Yeah. And, uh, I lost a lot of weight. And by the time I was around 18, I got into something called P90X, which is like a home-based workout. Uh, that's where I started actually incorporating weights and I saw my weight go down all the way down to 187 and a half. And that was my best, uh, I guess, lowest weight in my adult years. Uh, so in that time, you know, I started developing neck pain, migraines, headaches, or I think I said that, um, upper back pain, low back pain, and my asthma got worse over time. They actually put me on depression medications, Prozac specifically because they thought I was depressed um, and anxious. And, you know, physically I look, I look better, but internally I was not. Mm-hmm. Um, so on my path, I actually wanted to become a medical doctor because I thought medical doctors save lives. And I agree that they do in the most severe circumstances um, from time to time. But you know, once I met my chiropractor, um, he taught me, the principle that your body is capable of healing itself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's self-adapting, it's self-regulating as long as you do the right things for it. And that really resonated with me. And so, you know, my sister was a nurse at the time. She always dealt with a lot of the sick people and I didn't really want that lifestyle. I knew friends that were doctors and uh, they were working like 12 hours, 18 hours sometimes. It was crazy. And I'm like, I don't want to deal with just sick people. I want to do what this chiropractor is doing. And so, you know, adopting that lifestyle, you know, getting adjusted, all these things started adding up where I saw my pain go away, yes, uh, but I also saw improvements in my energy levels, my sleep patterns, um, and I, I just saw, I felt more clarity mm-hmm. in myself, and I was like, you know what, this is how I want to help people, and my mom has always wanted me to be a doctor, and um, she, she might have met medical doctor, but, you know, I saw this as 
another path and a true path to actually getting people well. And so that's where I changed my route from becoming a medical doctor to becoming a chiropractor. Hmm. So how, how long had you been under care um, between the time you started chiropractic care and then the time you decided to be a chiropractor? Uh, it was just about a year and a half, I believe. And I, you know, my timelines might be uh, a little off, but I was deciding this in my first year of undergrad. And then I think I confirmed it in my second year of undergrad. And uh, I remember just walking to something called Student Central at the UW, opening yep. the book to pre-chiropractic. Um, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this thing. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So how, how did you pick your school? For distance. <laughs> distance, say eh? Location. Um, well, here, here's a backstory. Like my, my chiropractor, um, I'm going to leave his name out here because like I have so much respect for him, but just for like privacy sake, I'm going to leave his name out. Yeah. Um, he told me, he's like, he sat me in a room one day. He said, Rich, you're going to Life University. And I'm like, why? <laughs> he's like, you're going to go to Life. They're going to teach you the principle. They're going to teach you philosophy. You're not going to get that in Northwestern. I went to Northwestern. Um, he said, like, you're not going to get that there. You're going to be a second-rate medical doctor. Uh, they're not going to teach you how to jazz. I'm like, holy smokes. Um, and, you know, mind you, like in, in my day and age, I can probably speak on behalf of many, many people my age. You're not grown up by 19 years old. You're still figuring it out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right? So <laughs> in my stubbornness, I still applied to Northwestern. I did apply to Life University just to kind of – Appease him. Appease him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, but I saw that he was a super, he had a high volume practice, very high volume, probably one of the highest in Winnipeg. Mm. Um, and I was like, like you, you're doing it and you went to Northwestern. So <laughs> totally. I, well, I can't die. And everybody that well, he was surrounded by, uh, you know, a, a few other doctors, you know, they all went to Northwestern. I'm like, if you guys can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Um, we actually had a little bit of a falling out in terms of where I just didn't talk to him. I just ended up going to Northwestern and part of it was a lot of it was distance because I wanted to be home with my family uh, whenever yeah. I could. So that's why I chose it. That's funny. Well, it's, it's, it's ironic too, because like sometimes when you actually go to those places, it actually makes you hungrier, right? Because mm -hmm. you know about the, the principles of chiropractic and the benefits beyond MSK. And then, and then when you have uh, instructors or, or, professors or people there telling you you're not allowed to use the word subluxation and chiropractic doesn't have any benefits besides back pain. It kind of, I think it, it makes you more hungry almost. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's putting you in the training grounds for the real life. <laughs> yeah. You know, the funny thing is though, um, Northwestern, I think was actually somewhat balanced. Um, mm -hmm. a lot of people might think that Northwestern is actually very MSK based. Um, Yes, in the sense of they were, chase, they were transitioning into just becoming more of a uh, MSK pain model focused school. Yeah. Uh, but there were still professors there that tried to ingrain a little bit of philosophy into the students whenever they could. And uh, there were clubs, there was philosophy clubs. We actually got TRT and uh, network clubs on there eventually. And, you know, there, a lot of the professors are in support of it. And cool. they still mention vertebral subluxation complex, but they also mention it as, this is the other name for it, as joint dysfunction or um, segmental dysfunction. I don't know, whatever they say. Joint lesion or something. Manipulative, yeah, manipulable lesion. Yeah. Um, so they gave us kind of the roundhouse of like what chiropractors all over the world, how they're describing, um, I guess, their care, what the listings are. So I, I, I thought personally that, yes, they might have 
been really getting to the pain focused type of teaching, but I, I thought they did a pretty somewhat balanced job as well. And that sounds pretty good though, because that's actually kind of what a learning institution should do is give you the, the information so that you can kind of pick your own way, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right. Cause it seems like whenever you try, no one likes being told what to do really. And if you, if you're being forced down one path um, that, you know, sometimes can actually make people just go the other way just because they don't like being told what to do. Yeah. And that's why I went to Northwestern. <laughs> <laughs> just, you're such a rebel. Eh? You're, yeah. you're per perfect, perfect for being a chiropractor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, surprisingly, um, not surprisingly, I guess, but my chiropractor also told me, he's like, you have to have thick skin to be in this game. Yeah. Um, and he told me, he's like, I don't think you have thick skin. I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh, it just yeah. got thicker. Watch. It got thicker. <laughs> um, but, you know, to this day, and I think we'll maybe transition to this, that I, it was always someone that wants to appease someone or uh, make someone like me. And, you know, that could, my colleagues can probably say that was, is something that I still struggle with uh, in practice is wanting to people to like me. And I think to some degree, everybody has that. Yeah. Um, as you get older, I think, and more mature and more wise, you start caring less <laughs> a little bit. Um, yeah, I think, well, and I think too, as, as you get older, like we still, you still want people to like you. It's just, yeah, for sure. it's just that you're, you're finding the correct people to like you that actually align with your values and what you want for your life. Cause if you're trying to get someone to like you and their values are totally against what you are, um, or, or they want you to kind of bend on your laurels then that becomes a challenge, but there's no, there's no problem with like wanting people to like you when you got, when you're aligned, like that's, right. that's, right. that's the thing. It's not like, cause you hear, sometimes you hear some speakers saying, I don't care what anybody thinks and I don't all that. And, that. and sometimes you think like, if you actually say that, it probably means that you actually do. So you're just trying to kind of coach yourself through it. Yeah. But, uh, but I like to reframe and say, um, I only want people that I choose to like me. Yeah, that are that are aligned so that we can have because you all you want to have a relationship you always want to have people that you like and you connect with uh it's just that there's some people that might not be ideal to be connected so yeah absolutely so tell me a little bit about um you you uh you're in school um you said and and the experience was really quite good was there any kind of uh like mentors or anything that kind of stuck out for you uh when you're at school that really kind of influenced you so i was um the doctor i that referred me to chiropractic school was actually a max, maximized living chiropractor at the time. Yeah. Um, so that was my introduction to chiropractic yeah. and it was all about the five essentials. It was uh, five essentials. It was max mindset, uh, maximum nervous system, um, nutrition, exercise, and then minimize detox. So that was, was my actual understanding of chiropractic at the time. Yeah. Um, and then I went to school and I didn't get any of that. And so I was finding, I was trying to find a tribe that was very like-minded and I did find uh, an off-campus group of Maximize Living to uh, just kind of hang out with and train with. And I actually joined their student program. And so I owe a lot to those guys over there, despite some of the, I guess, kind of the controversies or uh, bad rep that they may get from time to time. I yeah. think there were some strong as heck doctors that came out of that program and they're still changing lives today on a, on a bigger scale. You know, guys like Josh Axe, Dan Sullivan, uh, Joel Bohemi, all these guys are doing such amazing things. Mm -hmm. um, and they all came from that, uh, that coaching program and that, and that movement. So I owe a lot to those guys. Uh, specifically professors, mm, not really. I was cool with some of them and friends with some of them, but weren't really people that I could, you know, lean on and ask for more chiropractic advice. 
Right. Um, I got my mentorship from docs outside of school, going to offices, shadowing, um, and learning from you know the warriors that were in the trenches. Mm-hmm. So I like any, and you're already giving advice, but like we have, we do have quite a few students listening to the podcast. And so, so is that, is that, would you like to add anything to that for just like advice for students that might be listening to the show right now? Absolutely. You know what students, uh, I was very stubborn again (laughs) in chiropractic school and I was, um, I came from Canada. It was my first time moving away uh, from home, from my mom, from my family and you know, school isn't cheap. So I had a lot on my shoulders. And so make it worth it, make it worthwhile, you know, go and do the things that are going to make you uncomfortable, uh, go out and seek docs, seek mentorship, learn as much as you can while you're there, uh, because you're going into some big debt going in, uh, but don't let that scare you. Like, let that be more sort of a fire to, to make you want to get to uh, where you want to be, if that makes sense. Totally. Um, not the sole thing, but make sure it's part of it because, um, you know, this isn't a free ride. And going back to that, you, you're, you are becoming part of something bigger. It's not just about making a paycheck at the end of the day. It's actually about helping people uh, reach their potential through this thing we call chiropractic. So go out there, find some docs, find a mentor, find multiple mentors, uh, learn as much as you can about chiropractic while you're in school. Because I used to think that when you graduated, you had so much more free time. You don't, you don't. And then you find a partner or you, maybe you had a partner, you have a family, you get a little puppy like Hudson over here in the back. Yeah. Um, it Life gets busier and busier. And it's, it's just about finding, um, finding clarity and making your priorities, actual priorities and doing mm-hmm. those things first and foremost. Mm. Yeah. That's so cool. So now you graduate and yeah. you, uh, decide that's well obviously you're going to go home because that's where your family is right so what what was your first thing you did once you uh once you graduated um i was so my last trimester at northwestern you can actually do your internship in manitoba mm-hmm. uh well it's an externship at that point so i did that at um a colleague's or a friend of mine's office mm-hmm. um and that was going to turn into an associateship yeah. uh, it didn't work out so you know the first week of actually being licensed, I actually left. Yeah. Um, so a great way to start to <laughs> a career. Well, that's failing fast forward. At least you, yeah. like, if it wasn't right, you'd decide quickly. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I, I had other colleagues in the city. Um, a good friend of mine that was actually going to go into chiropractic school ended up going to medical school in Ireland. Um, but he has a very principled mindset, which is awesome. His brother's a chiropractor. I spoke to him and I actually joined his practice as an, ind- as an independent contractor. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he helps me in the sense of running an office, um, you know, sending out the groundwork and then I help him with, uh, he calls it, uh, being his consigliere, <laughs> uh, or his go-to man to like, you know, discuss things and try to, um, try to sort things out that I can help him with, um, uh, in my young years of experience. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So, so you're with a medical doctor then? No, sorry. Oh, oh so he's a chiropractor. A chiropractor. The my friend that is in medicine uh, in medicine right now, his brother's a chiropractor. Oh, I see. Okay, okay, okay. And so yeah. we connected. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, and how? So, how long have you been in practice for now? Uh, this is my fourth year in practice. Cool. So you're still relatively in that under five years thing, right? Still a baby, man. That's cool. So when you first opened, you basically then you started from scratch, or is that 
Is that mm-hmm. how you did it? And so what did you do initially to, uh, to start growing your practice when you start from zero? Uh, so went to every sort of network meeting I could go get to, um, just meeting as many people as I could. Uh, again, luckily, and I feel very blessed by this guy, like his name is Dr. Vishal Goyle. Uh, he had major screening opportunities for me to join him with. And so mm-hmm. we did that. There were big weekends. It was like the wedding show, the wellness show. and um, I joined him for those and those were major practice boosters right there. Yeah. So I went from like zero to a hundred in like four weeks. Oh, wow. And again, I, like that might not sound like a lot to people. I don't know, maybe, but I uh, in, like I started again from zero. <laughs> oh, actually I'm thinking I've, I've we've talked to tons of car riders been practice going from zero to a hundred and four months is amazing. It was four to five, it was four to five weeks. Like yeah. I started there and when we went to screenings and then we built it up. Um, <laughs> so it, it was like, it was, it was a networking, it was a screenings. Um, I wasn't doing talks. I was doing doctor's reports where I was teaching people on day three, you know, the power behind chiropractic. Um, it was having the systems and creating the opportunities for um, those patients to refer their friends and families uh, into our office. So mm-hmm. um, that grew me really fast. That's cool. So um, when you talk about your systems, like did, were you using uh, systems from the chiropractor that you're already in the office or did you do, uh, how did you come up with those systems? Did you borrow them from someone or, because again, a yes. lot of times people don't have systems when they graduate, they're just kind of, and that's actually part of, the, part of the problem, which limits their growth because they don't have systems. And then it, it, then it almost like blocks their growth because they can't handle, they couldn't handle growing that fast if they don't have good systems. Right. Um, yeah. So he had systems underway um, and he actually be a, he used to be a maximized living doctor too. Mm-hmm. Um, but coaching wise, he moved on to a different coach and he just kept the systems day one, day two, day three, uh, day ones where you do the initial assessment, you do the first console history exam. Um, and then day two, they get somewhat of a report uh, and then they get their first adjustment and then they come back for their doctor's report on day three, where this is the time to teach them more about chiropractic, the principal, and then um, also teaching them more about x-rays, uh, scans, uh, whatever you want to teach them on that day. So mm, That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so, so when in the, in the four years of being in practice, have you kind of, uh, has it been just a steady growth or has there been areas of plateau that you've experienced? How, yeah. just, just to explain, like you might even have someone who's just graduating and coming out and, and what they can expect when you're, because some people think, oh, I'm going to grow like by five percent every year or something and it's just like doesn't usually go like that <laughs> no it, and it, it hasn't and I've, I've plateaued right now and i'm trying to figure it out yeah. um and that's me being fully honest with them like you would think that going from zero to hundred in four weeks or five weeks would i'd be a, a thousand a week chiropractor by now but it, it doesn't work that way no <laughs> um i did plateau and i actually dipped down a little bit because i i took my 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 foot off the pedal here a little bit and i simply because I, I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, I had other things in my life that I felt like I was burning out and not fulfilling. So, you know, you only have so much energy in your life uh, every day. So I, I essentially just took some focus from the practice, put it into more of my personal life that actually fills me up um, to mm-hmm. go and serve my, you know, the patients the next day and the next day. And so one thing for me is, you know, family is a big, uh, a big, big, big part of my life. And near the top of my priority list. Uh, so I took some time for them and just to be with them. And yes, that takes away from some screening times. Yeah. Um, it, it takes away from networking events. So right now I've plateaued, 
trying to figure it out, trying to find more clarity. And, you know, you discover more ways to, to make an impact and, you know, get your name out there to, to grow your practice again. Cause let's talk about that a little bit too. So it, like when you started feeling burnt out, cause again, some people burn out pretty fast, like, especially when you're coming hot out of school and you're like just doing all these screenings, what, what were some of the first, um, even though we talk about, uh, you know, kind of, uh, uh, nervous system based chiropractic and we don't deal with symptoms, but, uh, what were your symptoms of when you felt like you're maybe getting out of balance, um, with the growth of your practice? Uh, symptoms, it was, I think it was more of, um, again, I'm not a psychologist, but I've, I've been through it before where it's, it's a little bit of a depression. Yeah. Where you feel like you're, you have no motive or no drive to do anything else in life. Um, because you, for me, I just thought it was just about this, growing my practice, growing my practice, making a million dollars in a year. Yeah. Um, and at that time, when I was you know, starting off in practice, I didn't have uh, a loving partner like I do now. I didn't have a wonderful puppy to come home to. Um, so I was going through like kind of a, I guess, more suppressed state where I wasn't truly myself, mm-hmm. wasn't doing the things that I loved. And uh, that, that was suppressing me. And that was, uh, I guess, depressing for me as well. Um, I didn't think I felt any physical symptoms, mm-hmm. but it was more so all internal. It was all mindset. And so, you know, what I did was, you know, every morning, um, I, I developed my routine of, you know, working out, uh, I get down and pray on my knees every day. I journal, I meditate, uh, I do little simple movements right now. It's winter. So I go out in my robe, <laughs> expose myself to cold. Uh, while, while taking the puppy out and it it works for me right now. So that's what I've been doing. Do you, do you remember a turning point where you were like, I got to change this up. I got to focus more on home. Like, was it, was it like a turning point that you remember or was it more of a gradual process that you discovered that? Um, you know, I've, I've seen docs and colleagues of ours, you know, go through these states where, you know, they try to build the biggest practice that they can. And then they don't feel fulfilled because they're missing something. Yep. And a lot of them, you know, have reached volume numbers of 600 to a thousand and they're like, okay, what's next? Totally. And by all means, a thousand a week chiropractor, um, whatever, however they did it, that still takes a lot of work and a lot of energy. Yeah. And so, and it's amazing. It's amazing. It is. Yeah. Hats (laughs) off to them. Hats off to them. Um, but they were saying that, you know, they, they wanted the family life and they wanted their relationships to be stronger. Um, a lot of them hurt themselves and Mm. I learned by just observing and listening to them and their story that Mm. I was like, I never really wanted that. Um, and I'm all, I'm all out there for saving the world as much as we can, um, getting the word of chiropractic out there. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? I have people in my life that are counting on me. Uh, that need me to be the best version of me and they deserve the best of me as well, uh, as well as my patients. So I need to spend some time with them uh, because I owe it to them. Mm. And I do owe it to myself because if that is something that fulfills me and gives me energy and fills my cup, I owe it to myself to be able to take the, some of the focus away from the practice and put it into my family life. And that's just my personal opinion. Totally. Uh, everyone might not agree with me, but I'm okay with that. 
Well, and again, because everybody's different. So again, yeah, no, absolutely. no one you should, no one should you should on anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tell me a little bit about um, developing your podcast and kind of what, what kind of came up with, what, what kind of popped that idea in your head that you wanted to kind of get, because we talked about the leadership level now because you've been building your practice and now you're doing something to, uh, to benefit the profession. So tell me a little bit about how that came to, came to be. Yeah, well, I think last year, um, you might have been experiencing this too, where we were getting a lot of negative press, um, you know, National Post, Globe and Mail. Yeah. And that is, that's a downer, man. Yeah, totally. <laughs> seeing that stuff. And then you get colleagues and patients coming up to you and saying like, hey, what's going on? What is this? Yeah. Um, and the way that they view it in those articles and those, uh, those news outlets, are, is, it's not a positive spin for us. So in my state, I was going back to that kind of suppressive, depressed state. I was like, what do I need to do to get out of this? And a lot of it would be not only meditating, internalizing, journaling, uh, but it was actually like listening to podcasts like yours, um, like the chiropractic philanthropist, like Dr. Melissa Longo's uh, Rockstar Doctor Life and um, other podcasts like the Ritual Podcast, uh, Impact Theory, all these amazing podcasts, uh, they were helping me and giving me insight to how I can grow myself and kind of get out of that rut. And I was like, you know, I want to do more for the profession. And it doesn't mean me having to make more money. Uh, what I love doing on the side is listening to podcasts when I'm driving, when I'm working out, um, just any, anytime I can. So I was like, you know, why don't I create a podcast? Um, this is my way of putting my unique voice out there in a pretty big space right now, uh, but to do it in my own way and in, in my own art form. And at the time I was reading a book by a guy named Seth Godin. Uh, it was called This Is Marketing and another one he has called Lynchpin. And so it really went down to, you know, like, how do you view yourself to be within uh, an organization or a system? Are you just, you know, the screw or the rubber? Or are you that, are you that thing that holds everything together? Um, so that was from Lynchpin. And then the other book was This Is Marketing. It went down to, you know, in the past, it used to be writing letters. It used to be writing books. And it still is writing books, uh, blog posts. Uh, but podcasts are another way of creating blogs and getting your word out there and blogging and uh, creating video content, whatever it is, that's just another way of creating art. And mm -hmm. so that's why I got into it. Cause I was like, this is how I can express myself really well. Um, they say that the tongue is the rudder and the tongue allows you to express your true self when you speak and profess things. And so uh, I thought like, Hey, I can do this too. And I didn't really like seeing myself on video. <laughs> I could tolerate my voice. And I just said, okay, I'm going to do this. So I bought uh, uh, a podcast program. So I bought a podcast program. Yeah. Followed it to a T. And then um, I think in about a month and a half or two months after I, I gained a few interviews, I just launched and then here we are launching two episodes a week. Um, I have enough interviews to last me until at least March or April of next year. You got them all banked? 
all banked and they're just being edited and uh, slowly released twice a week. But now, and, and this is funny, is that, um, and I don't know if you experienced this like I did, were, were, you, were you a little bit scared when you launched the first one? Oh, heck yeah. Heck yeah. You, you get, <laughs> you get um, because almost in- instantaneously, there's not many chiropractic podcasts out there compared to every other field. Right. Um, there's people looking online. There's people looking uh, at chiropractors like within the space. And, you know, we hear it all, all over with our colleagues. People are targeting us. And it was like, if I do this, I'm going to put myself out there. Uh, and that was a scary thing. Right. Uh, so that was number one. Number two was that I was kind of victimizing myself as being, uh, or let me back up. I was going through the analysis paralysis where I was like, I wanted everything perfect. And I wanted this to sound this way and this to sound this way and this to look this way. And I was like, man, done is better than perfect. Just get it out there. Just get it out there, Rich. I think it's so funny because um, now I think it's coming up two years that I've been doing the podcast. And, uh, and so what I do periodically is I go back to the very first podcast I did. And then I just listen. And the funny thing is I picked a, a, a Dr. Craig Foote, who's a super good friend of mine from Perth, Australia, who's president of the Australia Spinal Research Foundation. And I interviewed him for the first, for my first episode. So super safe guest. That's like totally friends. And I just listened to my voice and it's just quivering. Like I could hear, you could just hear, it's just like, yeah. hi, hi, I'm Dr. <laughs> like it's hilarious. But it's just to show anybody out there, like, like the only way to get better is just keep doing it and you get more comfortable with it. And so, uh, like you said, done is better than perfect because you can listen to what you did and then you can improve on it, but it's hard to improve on it if you haven't seen kind of what your, what your quality or what you've been able to produce. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so an interesting question. Um, so far out of all your interviews, how many have you done so far, including your banked? I think I've released 40. I think I have another at least 30 or 40 more. Yeah. So you got about, you've done 70 interviews around. Uh, yeah, just maybe around there, maybe more. <laughs> Okay, that's cool. So, so in those seventy interviews, um, what are some what are some of the top kind of learnings that you you learned out of that? Because I know when I'm talking to people, like there's you always kind of get off an interview and you're kind of you're excited because there's usually kind of a theme to an interview. And I'm just wondering if there's uh, if there's a few things that really kind of stood out to you that you uh, discovered with interviewing people. It goes back to authenticity mm-hmm. um, and being your true self and running your practice mind you, in the most efficient way that you can with the systems that you need to run a successful business, uh, but also being yourself in that same regard. Um, not trying to mimic a, a thousand a week chiropractor, but mm-hmm. more so being yourself because those, it really gets to a point where it just tears you up inside where you're not being yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was a lot of that. It was, it was a lot of people just trying to Say, hey, it's okay to be you. You don't have to be super polished. Um, you know, going back to the podcast, I'm not super polished. I have a Filipino uh, kind of <laughs> accent sometimes <laughs> for some reason. I'm not, I'm not great with my words all the time, but I'm figuring it out. Um, but yeah, they were just like, just be, just be you. You don't have to be so polished all the time. But that's not to, to take away from wanting to develop yourself all the time too. Um, right. So it's, it's it was going back to that. And I think that's been the general theme of, uh, of the podcast so far. That's cool. 
Now, it's funny because when you interviewed me, you asked me the question and then I'm like, hey, I asked everybody that question. Then you said, oh, I've kind of got that from your podcast, which was always was the funny. And I call it my Terminator question when you get to fly back in time. Now, the funny thing is you're so young, like that's not that far to fly back in time, <laughs> but you're still learning. It's not like us guys in our like 40s and stuff because when you could zip back to when you're 20, uh, but you are in your 20s, right? Yeah. <laughs> so My last year of 20s. Your last year of twenties. So, so if you could, if you could uh, do the Terminator thing and fly back and give your your younger self advice, and and maybe even it was back around when you lost your father, or somewhere where you like you you really were feeling a lot of pain or needed a lot of help. And if you if you had an ability to give your own self some advice, for one, what time would that be? And then for two, what would you what would you say to yourself? I think it's going back to when I did graduate, um, but I think this this advice could be really applicable at any time of life. Uh, maybe when, except with, before you're seven years old, I don't know, when you're still trying to comprehend English. Uh, but from the time that you can really understand um, kind of the, the concepts of self-growth and just developing, I think what we need to be able to do in our time is become more adaptable. Uh, become more adaptable where, yes, you need to, prepare for the worst, but, you know, expect the best. Um, where you are right now is, is, is where you need to be. And I'm trying to say this really eloquently, but <laughs> hey, whatever. Hey, we're saying it the way we are. You just say it authentically. Yeah. Um, like, like, yeah, like you said, like, and, and it's going back to that, just be your authentic self. Uh, life is a process. Life is, it's a journey and we find happiness along that journey. And it's not always going to be about the end state or the end goal. Uh, those are great to have. You need those to start pursuing. Uh, but you got to have fun along the ride. And you have to know that there's going to be times of ups and downs. And you have to be okay with that. You have to learn how to become okay with that. And you have to be adaptable to that. And so if someone told me that it's not always going to be super, uh, you know, extraordinarily beautiful all the time everything's nothing's going to be perfect like it, it 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 just is and you have to find your way through that and be adaptable in that sense um so i think i would just tell myself to be that and you know even at the time i'm i'm saying this right now you went through those things and you are here you, who you are here where you are today you are who you are today because of the experiences you've had before mm-hmm. and you said this earlier where um, I failed forward really fast in my career, at the start of my career. And a lot of me says, like, oh, I, I regret that. But the other part of me says, Rich, that's okay, because not everything is perfect. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Um, you're going to figure it out, and it's going to be okay. And I got that, actually, that advice from you, that everything's going to be okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I need to tell myself when you're alone. It's going to be okay. Things are always going to be up in there. And then, like I said, the thing that, that drew, drove me the most crazy is that you only really learn when you're getting challenged, which I was really disappointed to hear that law of, of <laughs> development. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast. And like I like to end off each podcast with is, you know, we got chiropractors all over the world listening in. Um, and, and, I, and I encourage them all to, to tune into your podcast as well. Uh, but what, what kind of... Uh, parting words of wisdom would you like to leave everybody with today? Hmm. Great question. Um, you know what? Just have fun. Do your best. Uh, remember that you have it within you to do great things in this life. 
in this profession, in your career, um, even outside of this career, you have the potential to do amazing things with your family, uh, your loved ones, your friends, uh, other communities, but it's, it's, it's within you. It's innate. And uh, my belief is that, you know, the universe, God, whatever you believe in, um, that's in you and you have that potential because not only is it around you, but it's inside of you too. Uh, I think sometimes people forget that, that sometimes we might not think we're enough, uh, but I, I believe that we are. And it's just, you know, seizing it and seizing the day and knowing that you are enough to go forth and do the things that you want to do. Amen, brother. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I want to thank you for having me on your podcast. And then I want to thank you for being on my podcast. So I, I really appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely, my friend. I, I'm glad this day came. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. So uh, for everybody else listening out there, um, you know, I got I got, wrote down a couple of good points from this. Everything's going to be okay. Remember that. Uh, keep, keep true to who you really are. And uh, really try to enjoy the journey because, uh, you know, right now it's, it's not about the end game because so many times you have all these goals in life and you think when I, then I, uh, then I'll enjoy things when I hit the certain number or I'll, I'll enjoy things when I have kids or I'll enjoy kids life when certain things happen. And uh, I think it's really important to realize that it's important to enjoy actually the way it is right now. So, um, so everybody out there, um, hope you're having a wonderful day. Thanks again for tuning in. And uh, we hope to see you again soon on the podcast. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you've received value from this episode, please share this with a fellow chiropractor and take some time to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever your favorite place is to listen to podcasts. If you're interested in learning more about our programs and events, please visit www.thevitalityshift.com or connect with me on Facebook. I would love to hear from you. So until next time, Dr. Don out.